and welcome Shut back. The fuck up. I got something we need to say. Bitches, it's been like right. a month. We are back. We, we are. are we are somewhat happy at this point. There's a <laughs> lot of shit going down. But guess Oof. what? The bar is back open. Last calls getting ready to get served. So Hell get dear. down here, listen up, because we got the story to tell, bitches. Let's That's right. Silly. Time to get yourself some 50-year-old Glenn McKenna. Boom. Listen, first off, who the fuck just has that kind of money sitting around to just be like, let's go buy a 50-year bottle of Glenn McKenna? I mean, you're not wrong. This isn't but, the uh, first. I mean, this is the first time they do it in the show, but they do it at least like four times. It's true. Yeah, I mean. And I know at least a couple especially of Especially at the end, it, but, in, in that last season, there's a lot of Glenn McKenna happening. But anyways, mother lovers, that's right. We are back. This is Last Call at McLaren's. The best damn How I Met Your Mother podcast on the internet. I don't care what anybody says. It is goddamn the best. Listen, all I'm saying is they want to step up. I'll fight a <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm going to pull Tony Stark right now. You want to fight? <laughs> I'm here in Fredonia, New York on Water Street. Come find me, motherfuckers. We're going to fight. I'm going to pull out my my uh, flail from the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> uh, the Encyclopedia. In my Encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. that's right, folks. Uh, I'm going to get my phone book. There it is. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Josh, here with my best bud, John. Dude, how are you? You seem like you're in a damn good mood. Let's see it. Let's see. I am in one of those moods tonight where one of two things is happening. I'm either going to go full Ric Flair and I'm going to style and profile and I'm going to jet fly and uh, I I got whatever the else, you know, snort, whatever he does. (laughs) I'm going to do some shit (laughs) or we're going to finish this. I'm going to crawl into my bed and go to sleep. And it sounds more like that. Because I got to work in the morning. That's fair. I mean. But yeah. you are right. We are back. We're better. Kind of-ish. It's going to be a yeah. great fucking time, though. I feel it. I feel yeah. this energy. It's like, it's pulsating between us. I just want to be like Ripley and be like, get the fuck away from her, you bitch. A little little ad lib in there, and I love it. I love it. But yeah, it has it has been a long month. Uh you know, some Listen, some things really were okay. Sorry that we took some time off. We needed to. Yeah, you know, life sucks sometimes, and and that's yeah. just the way it goes. Listen, yeah. when life gives you lemons, <clears throat> put them in a sock and be a motherfucker. <laughs> that is the way to do it. Yeah, you know? called yeah. the force, the force <laughs> of a lemon against someone's skull. <laughs> I'm gonna make sock lemonade. You know, snake sock lemonade. Yeah, you're gonna shove a lemon up someone's ass. You know. <laughs> Listen, that's how we roll. It's called sodomy, dude. I no. You love it. You know you do. <laughs> you don't gotta out me on the fucking recording. God sodomizes people. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Hit him up. Ah, uh, just himself, folks. It's okay. <laughs> I've never put a lemon in my ass. Okay, folks. You, you heard it here. He specified lemons, which means there's probably other things. <laughs> but we All ain't right, gonna get well, into that. I'm done recording for the night. Have fun going solo. <laughs> like your sex life. <laughs> it's true, folks. It's true. Hit me up, folks. On you know, <laughs> at Movie Blogmark yeah, on Twitter. And we're back. <laughs> yes, we are. And we are here to talk season four, episode four, 
Intervention. Listen, yeah. this is one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> it's a good one, man. It's a good one. <laughs> There's so much fun stuff happening in this one. marriage is stupid. stupid. <laughs> uh, this episode originally aired October 13th of 2008. Uh, what unfortunately, were you doing in 2008. 2008. Shit, what was I doing? Well, I mean, I think I was. I know who we were dating ish, so that's true. I think yeah, 2008. I was uh, at JCC. I was going to community college at the time. Uh, after I had taken some time off from my first two years of school, uh, <coughs> whole whole big thing, folks. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was doing that. Probably skipping a guitar class or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's fun i remember yeah. guitar class that's pretty much i was also since it's october had just recently started working at dollar general at the time because i started in june of that year oh and my oh, god that's crazy 2008 to 2011 I, do you realize that means i had already been there at that point for like almost three years <clears throat> wow yeah i started working there in 05 yeah yeah, crazy stuff, folks. Uh, let us know what you were doing in 2008. Yeah, I'd love it. And we'll probably just be like, okay, and then move on <laughs> with our lives. <laughs> All right, so this episode was directed by Michael Shea. Uh, this is Michael Shea's first episode uh, directing on this show. He also directed uh, Garbage Island, coming up later. Oh, on. okay. Uh, Disaster Averted, and The Fortress. Yeah. Ooh, The Fortress that. is a good one. Yeah. And the then... Written by Stephen Lloyd, who previously did Brunch, Spoiler Alert, and The Goat, and goes on to write The Wedding Bride, The Exploding Meatball Sub, which is a great one. That is a good and, one. And and The Fortress, alongside Michael Shea. So they Fair came enough. up again for that one. Yeah. All right. So the summary for this episode, Ted, Marshall, and Lily all prepare to move out of their apartment, and Robin prepares to leave for Japan. In doing so, they reminisce about the past, including interventions that they held for one another. No mention of what Barney's doing in this summary. That's true. <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, and th this episode starts out with one of my absolute favorite plays from Barney's playbook. What I call, I don't know if it has a name, but I like to call it Ye Old Time Traveler. That's what I like to call it. That's I was just going to call it the Time Traveler, but I like the addition of Ye Old. Yeah, yeah, yield mainly because he's old. <laughs> that's really, I mean, really, you're not wrong. I, I felt like I had to add the fact that he was old because, like, that's his whole arc in this is being pretending to be an old guy throughout the. Oh whole my thing. god! Just to make it even funnier, <laughs> instead of calling it ye old, like you know, like tale of old time, you should call it he old. <laughs> he old time traveler. There it is, folks. We got it. We just nailed this shit down live on air. Boom! I like them apples. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the sound of them apples, Will. What are we gonna do? Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's dive in. Do you wanna uh, just kind of cover the Barney stuff? Since yeah, kinda, let's just cover short. the Barney stuff since it's just so small. Yeah. So okay. Barney's running a play, <laughs> and it's is. simple. He's gonna dress up as an old man. He runs into the bar to tell this young woman that she needs to have sex with him tonight, or otherwise he can't solve global warming. Global warming. There it Can is. he do it? Can he do it? Marshall's really optimistic, man. He's I like mean, he, he has full faith that Barney can do this. 
I feel like, I'm not going to lie, I feel like this is one of those plays that's 50-50. It really depends on the sell. Yeah. If if Robin hadn't slapped Ted, or would have missed it by even a couple of seconds, even though Barney does the, ahem, if it had been a couple more seconds off, or Barney wouldn't have been as convincing with his speech, it might not have worked. It's true. It's true. Also, uh, the, the speed... That he is able to change out of that old man cause they like, get up and, and make up and everything and get back into that bar. That's that's impressive. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> he, um, but he, I, there's no way he didn't have somebody outside, like or maybe even a few people to help him get all that shit off. You know what I mean? I, like I'm in, gonna, I'm gonna in, in real there. life of the show. I bet you, know? you they weren't outside. I guarantee you he had stuff up at Marshall and Lily's and Ted's apartment. I don't think he was gone long enough to have ran up there. But maybe, I don't know, I don't but know. maybe. Yeah. I, I, I personally think he had it upstairs yeah, and just kind of like ran upstairs real quick and did his quick. I mean, there might have been somebody up there helping him, but I mean, yeah. we'll never know. Never will, but either way, man, it works. Oh, yeah, so it works. fast it works. <laughs> but I mean... What would you do in that situation? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, it, it really expected. depends on how convincing it was. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, if it's convincing, yeah, I mean, maybe. Okay. I mean, I, I might do it, yeah. Honestly, I feel like you'd do it, like, as long as it's a woman. I think you would do it even if even, even if you didn't believe it. <laughs> Call Just a slut on me? You know, a little bit. You're like, John's <laughs> a fucking slut. He'd bang her. He'd do it. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It probably would happen. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, again, it, it's got to be somewhat convincing. Like, if they just sure. came up to me and they were like, I'm going to come through that door in, like, three minutes younger. And if you don't bang me, global warming happens. I'm going to be like, have you looked around you? Because global warming is already happening. <laughs> He's, She's going to solve it. She's going to figure it out and fix it. Fair. There it is. Uh, so late, later on, uh, Marshall, he kind of started, he's just like kind of talking and Barney takes what he says as a challenge. He's like, uh, you know, you, you, you're not going to be an old man still hitting on 22 year old or something like that. And Barney's like, challenge, challenge accepted. accepted. He's going to try to pick up a chick in the old man makeup. I, I is, love man. Marshall's response to this, though, where because Barney's like, you know, challenge accepted. And he's like, in no way did I challenge you yeah. to this. Like, yeah, Barney just needs it, man. I, he need, I think he needs a distraction from things. I you know? So this this is my thought process on this, because this happens one other time in the, the show where he distracts himself using sex. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the perfect week episode. Oh, and. Yeah. This is a huge moment for him. You know, Ted's talking about moving to Jersey. Lily and Marshall are moving into the apartment. Robin's going to Japan. Robin's that, a woman that he loves. Yeah. This essentially puts Barney in his, like, <clears throat> own. He's it, it goes from being the gang to Barney. Yeah. He knows that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why he uses, like, such a extravagant and, like, detailed play. The, the gang can't help but, like, pay attention to him. A hundred percent. And so, like, while they're there, he's he's got the, he's got their attention the whole time. Oh, yeah. You know? um, and <laughs> so he goes to the bar and he starts trying. 
And I think the creepiest one is the butterscotch candy one. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I have to agree. That one is pretty. Candy. My favorite one is probably the one where the, the woman's actually <laughs> kind of into it. And he's like, I'm 80 some years old. How old are you? He says 83. That's his number, man. Oh, see, I I remember 80 something. I can't remember what, but that makes sense. years old. She's like, I'm 31. And he's like, well, yeah, he has a rule. I know. No no one over 30. It just, it made me laugh because I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) And she was into it. She was into it. Yeah. Super. Uh, and then I love how at the end of the episode the gang comes down and Barney's like tonguing a girl mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh shit, it worked. Yeah. And then like Barney walks over and he's like, ha, in your faces. And then she gets up and she like she starts talking. You're like, Oh, okay, she's foreign. She's French specifically. Yeah. And I no. love how Robin's like, Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> she's French. It's like playing tennis with a net down. And I love that because I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. And then, and then the episode ends, you know, with the the intervention for the old man makeup. So we get a little, we get a little tie off to this part of his story. Yeah, uh, for like the little tag at the very, very end, which I thought was really cool. I'm gonna go get my flail. <laughs> and he's like pretending like he can't hear, like understand, like he's actually an old man. Oh yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. Neil is Neil Patrick Harris is such a good like physical actor when it comes to that kind of stuff. I like wanna... that shake in his hand, you know, it's like it's it's so good everything that he was doing in this episode. So after watching this episode, <clears throat> I want to see an ad lib off. Like it's essentially an improv contest <laughs> between NPH and Neil Flynn. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know it'd be hysterical. It's a kneel off, man. There can be only one. Yes. Kneel before Zod. There it is. All right. So now we're going to get into the, the meat of this episode. You know, the twins the, and berries. Yeah. All the stuff that's going on. Uh, this part of it starts. Ted is moving in. They're getting ready to move in with Stella. Uh, Marshall and Lily are getting ready to move. Finally, move into their new apartment. Yeah, now, after all in, the in shit Doas, that. the Doas the Tripla apartment with the slanted floor. I see they they finally got the floor fixed. The floor is yeah. fixed. You know the the downwind of the sewer plant is kind of like <laughs> yeah, not so bad. Figured it out. And Robin is uh, getting ready to start her new job in Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So this is where because uh, they're at the bar and everything, and they. They go to. They want to celebrate, so they order this fifty-year-old Glenn McKenna Scotch, twenty-five hundred dollar bottle. Twenty-five hundred dollars. And of course, they don't actually buy it here because nope. I mean, that's a lot. But this is the very first appearance of the Glenn McKenna in the show. Is it really? Yeah. No very shit. First. Yep. Very first mention of it and anything. And obviously, <laughs> it becomes like a thing throughout yeah. the series, especially in that final season. Oh like yeah, that's a big thing. Um, but yeah, this is that. This is I didn't realize that this was the first appearance. But I mean, because like, they were Scotch, but specifically the Glenn McKenna. This is the first, the first appearance of it. Yeah, <laughs> great Scotch. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. We get uh, you know, like I said, they're packing up all kinds of stuff. 
Robin, not sentimental. We've learned that about her in the past. Dude, she I does love... not care about stuff. She's like, just throw it all out. You know, this is kind of stuff that, you know, you just move on from, like, such and such and ashes. And I'm yeah, just like. Yeah, people's ashes. What? Like, that's pretty messed up. Like, sorry, <laughs> Mom. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we learn about uh, all the kind of messed up shit that's in the apartment, which I love this. And it makes me really want to go back and watch How I Met Your Father. It's like we know that the back wall the, the from the encyclopedia thing is is there. It's just painted over blue. Yeah. I don't know if we ever get to see the where the flail hit. The ceiling no, piece. Even in the rest of the show, you never really see that part of the ceiling again. And I want to see if, like, the hole by the wall, if we, if there's something over it still, if whether or not it's cool. still there, the scorch mark, you know, all this that we get to, to to learn all this. These are great. Which which of these? Because like they they show all these scenes. Which one is your favorite? Uh, it's it's a toss up. It's either the encyclopedias. That one is so. Uh, and it's it's just because like. So funny. Why would see. you put so much weight on one shelf? Yeah, he's putting and he's and it's on the top shelf. Yeah. It's not like it's on the bottom of the three. It's the top. Yeah. It's like, why? Um, Ted, what are so you So it's doing? it's either that one or definitely Barney doing the fired up because of the cat fight. Um, because they misdirect you with that one. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you want some summer teeth? Some are here, some are there. And then they break up the cat fight, and Barney's like, no! Oh, oh no! That's where he punches the the hole. No, yeah, yeah, that's where he punches the wall. The yeah. Cat. So no, so it would probably be the 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 wall or the hole. Yeah. The, he can never the, stop a cat fight. Let's say the the because uh, like, then there was you know the, obviously the flare yeah. the flail from the fires me up the Renaissance fair but then yeah, yeah uh, they because they do an intervention for Barney's magic tricks specifically yeah. the fire based ones and then he's like I'm filled with white hot rage. And he shoots the thing out of his wrist. So I think it's funny because he does a lot of fire-based magic on this show. Quite yeah. a bit. Like, we see it a few times. That's all Neil um, right there. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. But it's – my favorite one has to be the episode where he's proposing to Quinn. Um, okay. Because I love <clears> – it's the magician's code. You can't yeah, talk yeah. about – you can't talk about shit. <laughs> so they're like, um, is there explosives in that? And he's like – Magician's code. And there's one point where uh, he pulls the sword and they're like, how did you get that through the the metal detector? And he's like, no questions from the audience. It's such a good episode. I can't wait till we get to that, man. It's so, so it's good. Just, I love that Neil, <clears throat> as a magician in his free time, worked mm-hmm. that into Barney's character. Oh, yeah. Because on the side of it that we know as professional wrestlers, we've seen fireballs thrown in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And 95% of the time, they don't work the way the wrestler hopes they would because they don't know how to use flash paper. Yeah. Sure. And I I caught it this time because I've never caught it before. When they get to the part of the episode when uh, Ted's confronting them about the intervention and Barney pulls his letter out, I noticed that his wasn't normal paper. Oh. And I was, I was like, oh, I had never noticed it before. It was a full-size piece of flash paper. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fucking genius. That's cool. And that's why he does the you uh-huh. know, up in flames. And he's like, oh, I had more stuff. I, I, put, know, the, I put the fire cue too early. <laughs> marriage is stupid. Stupid. I love the uh, way he says it, too. He's like, marriage, marriage is, is stupid. 
stupid. stupid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so as the name of this episode entails, this whole thing is about a lot of intervention. We get, I I think I counted up. There are not. They show or mention nine different interventions in this episode. Listen. Nothing beats stewards. Oh my god! Because that's where it all starts. With it's the, where yeah. it all starts. And mm. in all fairness, you don't see Stuart and Claudia much in the show. No. You see them when it's convenient to the storyline, or they need to have somebody who could easily be like, "We need a set of friends who are close to the group that, like, if we do something like this, yeah, it would make sense that the gang would have been there." And some, and you know, people that the audience would know. Yeah, as well. So yeah. I love how when they're sitting there, they're all like, you know, Stuart, when you drink, it makes you a different person. And I don't like that person. Yeah. And I love how Barney busts in the door and he's like, there's the birthday boy. <laughs> and he's got a bottle, a full fucking size bottle of Tank Gray in the his booth. hands. And he's like, come on, nobody wants Banner. They all want the Hulk. <laughs> Hulk, 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 Hulk. And all I could think of was is the par or the uh, the parallel to Frank the Tank from old school. Yeah, because like he drink, promises his drink, wife he's not going to drink, but then when he gets drunk, it's like you know Frank the yeah. Tank comes out. Mm-hmm. And I poor Stuart, like going through what he's going through at this point of the show. You could just like, see Stuart pulling a Frank and running naked down to, to you know through the quad. Come on, guys, we're gonna go straight get into the gymnasium and through the quad. No, okay, I'll see you there. Uh, Claudia is a brunette now at this stage. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the last time we saw her, she was blonde. She's blonde. Yeah, yeah. I think she looks good as a brunette. I like it. Eh. I liked it. I don't know. Eh. (laughs) I think she's she's less bitchy as a a brunette. (laughs) Maybe she's just getting some good dick from Stuart now that he's sober. Maybe. Maybe. No, No more whiskey dick. For for you know Stewart, that 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 shit's real. You gotta maybe, be careful. Maybe <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna make the joke because I'm sure we get complaints about that. Probably. I I was Probably. I'm gonna be honest. I was gonna make a DV joke. That's fair. That's fair. I decided uh, not to go there. I'll be the bigger man this time. It'd be the something. Yo, the bigger man who's lost twenty pounds. Fuck y'all. Boom. There it is, folks. There it is. Uh, and Barney. Apparently just skimmed the, the Evite. Yeah. And that's why I brought the I love, though, that he's like, well, that's what I get for skimming the Evite. Like, yeah. dude, you literally just busted into an intervention with a full bottle of fucking liquor. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so I wrote down all the other interventions because there's some good ones here, man. Wait, uh, what is your favorite one that they mentioned? Let's before see. you read them all. Man. Because I have a specific one that I really love out of all of them. Honestly... I think it's gotta be Marshalls. Really? Yeah. Why? I love I love the giant hat. I think I it's lo- funny that I hat love, comes back. I love that Robin, her letter is a rhyme, like a Dr. Seuss rhyme. Yeah. It's just a great little scene, man. I love it. My favorite <laughs> intervention is Lily in the fake English accent. <laughs> yes. That's a that's a great one. <laughs> It's about the British accent, isn't it? It's funny because, like, of all the times that I've watched this show and have seen this episode, I don't think I ever, like, caught or remembered catching 
the reason for it because they tell us later on. Oh yeah, they tell you exactly yeah. the reason why. And I, I I don't know if just like all these other because like obviously as we are doing the podcast, I pay a heck of a lot more attention, you know, than I think I ever have. Yeah, it's it turns out to be because of uh, the James Bond. Yeah, because uh, they watched. They, they did a, apparently a marathon of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also got Robin's spray tan intervention, which makes me made. I'm wondering if it was after Argentina. I could see that. You know what I mean? Because she came back tan and probably wanted to keep that going or probably something. Probably wanted to keep it going, yeah. Uh, Barney's use of the fire-based magics, which we already you know talked about, is where he sets the banner on fire. They did an intervention intervention because they were doing too many, too many interventions. Ted mentions that they did uh, a pronunciation intervention because of the whole encyclopedia thing. Encyclopedia. It's, pr- it's pronounced encyclopedia, not encyclopedia. No. I'm you glad douche. you brought this one up That's because not I, I have a question that I want to raise here because <clears> it'll <throat> it'll make sense for something later on in the series. Yeah. So they had a pronunciation intervention because of things like encyclopedia and like Mozzarella. other <laughs> How did Chameleon never come up? Oh fucking chan I mean, granted. How often does he say that word? The word chameleon. You don't, but you don't think there would have been like, uh, there would have been like, uh, what words do you say? Like, and he's like, he doesn't know that he says it wrong. I mean, he doesn't technically think he's saying encyclopedia wrong either. Yeah, but he obviously said it enough because that whole fucking having the book set of it there. I mean, there there's so many of them, like so many, because that comes up a couple times where. uh, Ted's obviously like somewhat of a grammar Nazi because he corrects people on stuff all the time. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he's a corrector. They did that in uh, the, the glass break episode. Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, he's a corrector, a hundred percent. Literally, no, I you mean figuratively? No, I literally want to rip your head off right yeah. now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I always go back to the mozzarella thing because it makes me laugh. Oh, listen. There, there's a lot of little ones that I know pop up in this show, and I think about them every once in a while. Is like I'm watching them because, like, sometimes I want to know if he purposely does it just to get a rise out of people, or if he's doing it because I think like, he's just a pretentious ass. I really do. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, clearly, Chameleon was like a random one because, like, he even says he taught himself how to read that word. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, I mean, clearly, that one wasn't him being pretentious. It was just a, a error in his own. Yeah. That yeah, that was just a. How did you not know that? <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing though. Like, there's never been a point where you've been around people and they've been like, "Hey, look at the chameleon." And he's like, "Yeah, that's a great chameleon." Right. And they're like, "What the fuck did you just say?" Like, he goes to the zoo. Goes to the right. zoo. He's like, "Hey, where where are the chameleons?" <laughs> right. Can like, you describe uh, the chameleon? Yeah. Can you, you know, it's that little describe? lizard thing that changes colors. Oh, you mean a chameleon? Like that's not what they're called. <laughs> uh, th- then we all obviously we get we talked about or we mentioned the uh, the Barney's old man makeup one from yep. the, and, and and then the the big thing that they are there to now do is Ted's moving too fast with Stella. Well, it was <laughs> and you know, there's and they, and they at least one more in the future because it hasn't happened yet. But yeah. that's the uh, quintervention. The quintervention. Because yeah. I think that's a, a cute name. I know that the group didn't like that name, but I thought quintervention was intelligent. I, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. 
but yeah, a whole bunch of, of fun interventions uh, throughout this one. I still, so, like I said, Marshall's giant Dr. Seuss hat, man. That thing is huge. Well, and like I said, though, it comes back at least one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, it, there's it, an... it was also mentioned earlier in the, I think, the last season. Uh, Barney says something to Marshall along the lines of, um, uh, to you, game is is putting on a Dr. Seuss hat and getting two tickets to the spin doctors or something yeah. like that. I think that's what the line was. Well, there, there's an episode where we see Marshall playing with um, the funk, and he's yes. wearing the hat. Yeah, the funk, the whole funk, and nothing but the funk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that means he didn't get rid of the hat. I wouldn't get rid of the hat either. I mean, way back in the day, I don't know if you remember this. You probably do. I used to have a big old dot. It, it was wasn't nowhere that big. near. It was nowhere near that big. I w- I didn't have to duck like under a. And he's tall too, and he's got this giant he hat. Is. Like. <laughs> so listen, for those of you who don't know, so Josh and I are those those people who we overquote movies. We. We can have an entire conversation of just movie quotes and like much. TV references and stuff like that. Uh, so this morning when I was going to work, I found a clip of a table read from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I sent it to Josh because it's one of his favorite moments in the movie. And it's when Jason Segel plays um, Dracula's Lament. Yeah, for the and first time. Yeah. For the first at, time. At the like random bar or something. Yeah. Right? Or at a bar. Yeah. And so this is the first time, like, he does it at this table read. And just to watch everybody reacting to him, it's like he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I just love that he pulls out this big-ass keyboard, just, like, puts it on the table. Yep. To, to this whole thing is hilarious. Well, it makes me laugh, though, because a lot of people are always like, oh, I didn't know that Jason Segel was so musically talented. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, he's he's a very musically gifted guy. Like, uh, in uh, I Love You, Man, he plays guitar. Yeah. Uh, we've seen him play. I'm pretty sure we've seen him play the key, uh, keyboard on that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, p- piano, he he does multiple times in this show. Multiple times in this show. So, like, that's definitely a, a big one for him. But, uh, yeah, guitar. Yeah. I have to say, so I know this is sidebar from the whole How I Met Your Mother thing. When Get Him to the Greek came out, I don't know if you remember this or not, but Russell Brand toured with Infant Sorrow. Yeah. And they did, like, a little touring to promote the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they Jay- put out an L. They put out the. They put out album. the album. So yeah. Jason Segel made an appearance <laughs> at one of the shows, and was like, uh, he he performed Dracula's Lament. That's awesome. And he was like, listen, he gets up there and he's got his keyboard and he's like warming his hands up, and he's like, you know, I just want to point out to everybody that Russell Brand talks about showing his dick a lot, but I actually did it. <laughs> and awesome. I was like. You you can't hate him for that because Jason yeah. is such a talented guy. Yeah, and I think that Marshall Erickson is a very—it's who Jason is. Yeah, there's not much of that that he's acting. He's just being himself a lot on camera because he's funny. And yep. there's a lot of like if you watch outtakes from the show, there's a lot of times where like they're like at the booth or something, and like something will get fucked up, and he's like. Guys, if we don't stop, Pam's gonna come over here and yell at us. Yeah, and like, or you'll hear her yell from off camera. And he's like, "Sorry, don't do it again. Don't do it again." <laughs> and he does it, and he's like, "Damn, sorry, Pam." <laughs> yeah. And it's pee fry. Pee fry. Yeah. It, it kind of makes me wish, like, I could like time machine back and like sit in on a filming. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been really cool. 
<laughs> yeah. How yeah. I Met Your Mother was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's see. Where are we? Ted finds that new banner that was planned for his yeah. uh, I inevitable I intervention banner in the closet. Yeah. And he goes and gets it, and then he's like, oh, all these envelopes are addressed to me. Yep, yep. What's this about? Yeah, and they... Is it about the Crocs? Yeah, the Crocs. <laughs> they should have had an intervention for Crocs. That would have been hilarious. I would have. I, I think that would have been great. Mm-hmm. I, I love how Marsha, though, like... Because they could have said it was for anything. And, like, lied yeah. through their teeth. And then Marsha's like, not Stella. Yeah. Yeah, not Stella. Uh, and so they they go through and they read these letters. Barney walks in after this, you know, right at the same yeah. time. And he's like, well, oh, he's like, oh, are we doing this? And he pulls his yeah. letter out. Of, he's he's carrying this thing he's with him. He's carrying it. <laughs> like, I mean, he's because they've been together for a few months, right? Yeah. At this yeah. point. And so he's had this letter in his pocket for, for quite a bit, I, I'd say. Uh, and then, like you said, it's it, I didn't notice the difference in the paper, so that's really cool. Uh, yeah, if you, if you go back this. and just watch that scene, it's like grayish paper, and like you can see the, the like pigmentation in it and like stuff, and like there's the filament stuff in it to like help it burn. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, <laughs> he sets it on fire because <laughs> you know it's Barney. Uh, Robin reuses an old letter from the encyclopedia uh, intervention, which but I, I like her reason why. Yeah, because she straight out admits she's like anything <laughs> I say is petty because you know yeah. I'm your ex, but I love how she admits like I'm prettier. Yeah, she's like yeah, but it's okay because I'm hotter than her. I'm yeah, like, I'm like I love Kobe Smolders, but Sarah Chalk in especially Sarah Chalk at this stage in this you know show this era of her career. Yeah, man, I don't know. Cause she, she I was going to say, at this I, point, she's not season one, <laughs> season two, Elliot. She's like season seven, season eight, Elliot. Yeah, yeah and, right toward the end, yeah. And, like, she's definitely, like, she's put some weight on and, like, she looks healthier. Yeah, she's uh, her hair. gorgeous at this stage. Okay, so let's do it this way. Would you rather have, and I'm going to give you a series of choices on this one. There's going to be four choices. Okay. You can either have... Dr. Elliot Reed. Okay. Or Dr. Stella Zimmerman. Okay. You can have Robin Shabatsky. Or you can have Agent um, Maria Hill. Oh, but man. You can only choose one. Hmm. And since it's, it's specifically the characters. Specifically the characters. And in their, we'll say in their prime. Honestly? I think I'm going Elliot. Ooh. I really do. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to have to say Maria Hill, man. <laughs> you you like a girl who could probably body slam you, don't you? I like a girl who can hold her own. I think she could probably body Listen, slam you. <laughs> all I'm going to say is, is if I go out and have a couple beers and a fight breaks <clears> out because I'm a drunk idiot, I want a girl who can possibly defend me if the you know girl jumps in. <laughs> Or take you down Listen, if you get out of hand. I, I'm going to put this in a way that you're going to understand this and everybody else <laughs> is going to scratch their heads. You remember Cheap Seats? Oh, I do. <laughs> I was I was at odds, man. Would I have won a fight against like four people? Probably not. But I so, had an entire bar backing me. So in other words, you want a girl like like 
Kelly because <laughs> she she picked you up on her on her back. She gave you a piggyback Listen, ride, bro. I was really shocked too because I wasn't light at that point. Yeah, she she's a she's a strong woman. I will tell you what, I miss Kelly. <laughs> yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was a good time. Oh man, that was a great uh, okay. night. It was. Uh, so then we get to Lily. Uh, apparently, she mixed up the letters and sent the intervention Listen, letter home with one of her kids. So this is the only part of the episode that kind of bugs me. Is because like she, they read her letter and they're like, oh, you know, blah blah blah, <laughs> and then she's like, wait, this was supposed to go home with one of my students, and then they they cut to the student and his mom's mm-hmm. like, are things going really fast between you and a girl named Stella? And he's like, I wish. I wish. But they're showing it as if it's real time <clears throat> and those letters were written months ago. I don't think they're showing it as real time. I think they're just showing you what happened. But my issue uh, is, my, my issue with it is the parent didn't contact the teacher to be like, um, what is this? Right. Like, yeah, you went straight to your kid to belittle your kid for having a crush? Well, like, sure, go and ask your kid about it. What? Okay, but after he's like, I wait, like he has no idea, call the teacher be like, um, I don't know, like, what is this? Like, right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just sorry, like, that was an intervention letter. That wasn't meant for your kid. Yeah. Uh, and the only person who actually has a letter to share, a real letter to share, is Marshall. And he's got some legit concerns, John. He does. And I love that Marshall tries to be, like, just about it. He's not just like, oh, you shouldn't date Stella. It's, like, legit, like... Yeah, he's not like, oh, she's a bitch, she's terrible, nothing like that, you know what I mean? It's, like, actual, like, concerns, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, Marshall's his best friend, so it makes sense. Um, Barney's his best friend? (laughs) No, Ted is Barney's best friend. There's a difference. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah i love that marshall at least like he's and then like after he gives his list of reasons he's like listen we wrote these months ago things have changed we like stella now and yeah and i'm like i i kind of see ted's argument on this one though where he's like well you like her now what happens in like two months when like a fight comes up and you guys like switch those sides again or you know like yeah you know and it's it's a, it's a valid argument from both sides. I understand Marshall's side of it. I understand yeah. Ted's side of it. And Ted actually thinks these these reasons that Marshall gives are, are legitimate. Fair. Like, yeah. They're fair, they're fair, fair, it's, fair it's criticisms. One of the few times that I can't complain that like Ted's being pretentious because like he hears it. Yeah. Like, yeah, he doesn't really listen to Marshall or uh, to Lily or Barney. But when Marshall's like, hey, listen, you know, she's got a kid. You know, you guys are going really fast, and this is all going just kind of, like, really quickly. He's like, well, you're right. Maybe I don't know her enough. Maybe maybe things are going too quick. And I'm like, oh, look at Ted being smart. And he decides <clears throat> he's not going to move. He's not going to move. He's going to unpack his entire box right now. Yep, including one of my favorite items. R2 Sweet Tooth. R2 Sweet Tooth, baby. <laughs> How did I, I know? I want that cookie jar. It would be amazing. I don't understand why they didn't sell these, you know, to promote the show back then. They should have been selling these at like the, I mean, the CBS. Is CBS, right? I think that's who did this yeah. show at like the CBS store or whatever. They should have been selling the freaking cookie, the robot cookie jar. I'll see if I can find you one for Christmas. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. Uh, yeah, like we talked about before, we find out Lily's fake British accent happened because of the James Bond movies, which John, I noticed all of them recorded on VHS tapes. Yep. 
I noticed I thought, that too. I thought that was dope. Kids VHS tapes are uh, like <laughs> Blu-rays, but much older. <laughs> Here's the kicker, though, because I know why they did it too. Do you know why they used homemade VHS tapes like that to say that they were pre-recorded instead of like store-bought VHS tapes? Like he probably would own, knowing Ted. Too many, maybe. I don't, Licensing of... rights. Oh, they would have to, they didn't have to show any box. They or anything. didn't have to show any box that would yeah. have had any of the um the wording because they didn't even say, show the labels. Like you nope. know, you couldn't you couldn't read anything on it. Nope, that's smart. You pretty much just saw a generic case with a black tape in it. But Ted yeah. knows that they're his James Bond movies, and they watched mm-hmm. them all, dude. And I, you you remember back? I recorded fucking all kinds of stuff, dude, man. You so and my mom recorded under- movies all the I time. I under I understand that, like stack of tapes when he pulled that out i was like oh man that that's like that's straight to my heart so right listen there. i love it i'm, I'm gonna say the <laughs> most like because you understand the process of putting a, a movie to a tape so my mom used to do like the the movie marathons on like usa stuff like that and she was very good at like stop a tape when a commercial came on and then oh, yeah. record, right before it would come back so then like you'd have that little bit of a glitch but like you wouldn't have all the commercials yeah so you ready for this her record Four movies, one VHS. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a one-time thing. She can never do it again. And one it's, of the movies, it's hard because they have to be short. Like yeah. hour and a half or less yeah, kids, movies. What you don't understand is when you record a movie to a VHS tape, you had settings that you could use. Yep. And there was this one. It was like uh, S- EP. There's SP, LP, and EP. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. See, listen to the tech guy over here because the tech guy knows. Yeah, easy. but yeah. So the each one did something different. And uh, SP gave you two hours worth of tape because I think what it did is it is it made essentially you would probably you'd have a better quality record on the two hour. Ooh, okay. You know what I mean, uh, LP gave you a four hour and EP gave you a six. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah, for to get four movies, it'd have to be like an hour and a half or less each. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you because I I consistently did three on on them because most movies, especially back in like the '90s and early 2000s, were about two hours or less. Like there weren't as many of those really super long movies going on as there are now. One of my favorite ones my mom ever did uh, was she did, and it was USA, and I can remember this too because she left parts of the commercials in for me. (laughs) It was the USA. Up all night special, oh, and it yeah. was Halloween time, so it was Elvira running the up all night. Yeah, and the movie, the movie, my mom's a werewolf. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I was. And, see, I didn't. I didn't do a lot of like network TV type stuff. It was mostly HBO because my dad had HBO. Oh yeah, yeah. And so like, if you went to the cable company, like because we had the cable company right in town. They had little booklets that told you each month the entire month's schedule for HBO. Oh no shit! And so I would get the little the little booklet and I would just go through and circle everything that I wanted to record, and I would set timers on my VCR. Smart. Make sure my tapes in there. It would record it when it's time to record it, and I had hundreds of these things, man. Listen, that's another thing you kids have no idea about. Okay. <laughs> Back in the day, there was such things called commercials, and they weren't like these ads on YouTube or 
uh, Hulu and stuff today where, like, you get, like, a good, like, two, three minutes. Back then, you got maybe, like, a minute and a half to two minutes on a good commercial. And, like, you had to run to the bathroom and go and get snacks. And you had to make sure, like, if your mom had questions, you answered them then. And you had somebody watching that TV for you. Because as soon as it came back, you were jumping a couch and doing a Mission Impossible role. So you could be like, okay, what did I miss? The number of times where I remember, like, with my sister or people, like, it's back. You running, yelling down the hall or whatever. So much good times, man. It's good bad. Times. We're back. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so they all end up deciding that they aren't going to do what they originally planned to do. You know, so no. Ted, Ted convinces Marshall to change his mind. And he, he's talking about it all. He's unpacking, doing all this stuff. And I love that. I love the scene where he's like, Ted, give me the knife. Give me the knife. And he takes the knife. And he's like, so that I can start him back because I'm staying here with you forever, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And I love how Robin's like, Lily, come on. Talks to send to them. She's like, I can't. I yeah. got to go uh, bake cookies to fill Archie's sweet tooth. Yeah, because Robin starts talking, right? She She's she's saying all this stuff. And the, because of what she says, she accidentally convinces Lily to, to not want to go. And then she convinces herself yep. to not move. You know what I mean? And so this is when they all decide that they're all not going to their respective new, like, life choices. So they're going to go downstairs and have a drink to celebrate. Yes. And they go downstairs, and Josh, what do they see? They see an old man hitting on a young lady. (laughs) Oh, he's not just... He's he's macking. Are are they making out at this point? Oh, yeah. They're like... (laughs) (laughs) It's like Jabba the Hutt when he's dying. Ah, He's full full Jabba at this ah. point. Full Java, and this seeing this convinces Ted that they need to like oh, they, yeah, can't, they need to move they on. Can't grow old and be like this, you know. They need to move forward with their lives, and so they make this agreement. One year from now, they're you know they're going to set ten dollars a week aside each of them, and one year from now they're going to come back and they're going to get that bottle of fifty year old scotch, my friend. So listen, there's something <laughs> funny that happens in this scene though. And it makes me laugh because it's one of those moments where, like, Ted Mosby is a jerk.com probably got a hit. I think I know where you're going. He walks over to the the booth and he puts his hands down. He's like, get out of our booth. Yes. And I'm like, what a dick. Like, they were clearly sitting there. You weren't. Take the L. Yeah. And then, like, the people, to be as nice as they were, they got up and left. They moved away. The guys all sit down. And then the girl comes back. She's like, I think I left my cell phone. Ted's like, get out of here. <laughs> and the phone's right there. Phone's you can right see it. On the, you could have just like slid it to her instead of being a dickhead. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, you know, we get a year later. They come back, you know, and they try this scotch. And they can't even tell the difference can't between that difference. and a $10 scotch. And that's, I realized how funny that actually is. Because of what happens in that final season. So, like, we talked about how Glenn McKenna comes back. And it's, like, a big thing in that final season. And trying to get this 35-year-old Glenn McKenna, blah, blah, blah. And, like, when you think about it first, you're like, did his palate change? Why would it matter if he can't even tell the difference, right? But then I remembered when Lily and Robin break the bottle... 
and fill it with I wrote all the stuff down. Uh, cheap whiskey, ketchup, chocolate syrup, and hand sanitizer. Ted has no idea. He's like, it's breathtaking. Like, so he still obviously cannot tell the difference so between the, the Glen McKenna and the cheap stuff. And I think this is another example of pretentious Ted. I agree. Uh, so here's my thing. Have you ever had actual, like, scotch, like real scotch? I don't think so. So <clears throat> for like the few months that I worked at the liquor store in Buffalo, uh, my store owner is a huge scotch drinker. She knows her scotch. Um, and it's amazing. Like she'll, she'll talk to you for hours about how she's done all these scotch tours and like had scotch that's like 150 years old. And like, she'll tell you like, like she'll, she, she knows her scotch. That's the only way I can say it. So when I worked there, they gave out these, they sold these cool little three packs and you've seen the two of them sitting on my shelf. So the two little uh, single shot bottles of scotch. Um, and it was, uh, there's a five year, a 10 year and a 15 year that's in that little set. And I tried the five year and I didn't like it. Okay. Um, which is weird because I like whiskey. Yeah. So you think I would like scotch, but <clears throat> scotch is a little bit harder and it's a little bit more rough. Okay. So I'm like, I, I did it the way you're supposed to. I purposely bought like the small, the small glass. I put two or three ice cubes in it. I put the scotch in it. I swirled it and I took the sip and I'm like, ah, this isn't for me. And I dumped it. So I went back and I said to her, I said, listen, not a hundred percent sure. I like scotch. Cause I tried the five year and she's like, listen, everybody tries the five year first. She's like, it's the 15. The 15 is where like things have aged and things are smooth and the tannins. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's shit makes more sense. Cause like it's, it's psychology and it's the physics. So I've never tried the other two. They're still on my shelf. So maybe the next episode we do for Barney's blog, I will do a shot of scotch. Well, is scotch more of a sipping drink? It is. Maybe I will <laughs> sip some scotch. Yeah. Yep. Just like swirl it, you know, a little swirling action, a little sippage. As long as it doesn't taste like fresh uh, grass clippings <laughs> and cat piss. Yeah, man. That's all you can hope for. Or, or crackers. <laughs> Saltines. <laughs> Saltines. <laughs> Yummy. Uh, <laughs> so... Then they go, uh, they head upstairs uh, to the apartment, uh, you know, to, to end everything. And in this scene, I noticed something. This is set a year from the episode, okay? Yep. So we already know, like, it. Within a year, they're all well, back upstairs? Well, no, no, not that. But yes, but not that. Um, if you haven't seen anything past this, right? If this is new, if when we were first watching it, we were under the assumption that the wedding was right around the corner. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And Stella's not there. Well, no, not, not just that. Ted is not wearing a wedding ring. I mean, that's fair, but I mean, there's a lot of guys who don't wear wedding bands. Yeah, but Ted's not that kind of guy, you know. like That is true. He's a I'm looking for true love kind of guy. You're not wrong. And so this was their they had there's no way that they didn't know what was going to happen with him and Stella. There's yeah, no yeah. So they were throwing hints out. 
to see who would pick it up, man. That's fair. I hadn't and thought about is, that. And this is one, yeah. Year later, he ain't huh. married. You're not wrong. And Stella's not there. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that is uh, this episode, uh, season four, episode four, Intervention. Uh, John, what are your final thoughts uh, on the episode as I a mean, whole? It's- it's a fun episode. Like it I is. love this episode. I love I love all the little little interventions. I love the fun, the quirks and the quirks of all of it like together. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I, I really I really do enjoy this episode quite a bit. There's a lot of really just good kind of standalone episodes in this season. Yeah, you know, and that's what I I really enjoy about it. You know, we get you know obviously there's the there's the Ted Stella arc, but even in between those. This is these fun standalone episodes like this one, which I really enjoyed. All right, folks, you know what time that it is now since we're done with the episode. <laughs> it is time for Barney's blog. Suit up, bitches. Yeah, that's right. All right. So this edition of Barney's blog is titled Intervenous Injection. Oh, boy. All right. It was uh, written October 13th of 2008, and it reads... When a friend gets engaged, there's only one appropriate response. Panic! At the disco? Sure. Uh, Engagement is often the gateway to marriage, the leading cause of monogamy. As a friend, it's incumbent upon you to prevent this calamity. But should the traditional methods of intervention, booze, strippers, more booze, come up empty, you may have to resort to a more personal and heartfelt tactic. Reading him the most heartfelt of letters. And then we get a letter down here. Oh, boy. And it's the letter that Barney read that he lit on fire before finishing. No way. Yeah. So it says, uh, insert friend's last name. I cannot stand idly by while you make the biggest mistake any man can make. Getting married. Mark my words, the whole thing is going to go up in flames. Insert pyrotechnics. And obviously this is where Barney lit his <laughs> thing on fire already. Marriage uh, is stupid. It, it continues on to say, don't get me wrong. Insert friend's fiance's name is a great girl. We all love her. In fact, insert friend you want to play funny prank on is always mentioning things he'd like to do with her if you guys ever broke up. Uh, stuff involving a insert child's toy and a insert large auto part and a tub of insert picnic condiment. It's pretty creepy. It's like a fucking Mad Lib, dude. Uh, the, the point is that she can never be what you really need at this stage in your life. And that's every other girl in the world. Then it says, uh, play, place your hand on his shoulder, but don't squeeze. Uh, it says, I care about you, and I just don't want to lose a friend to the senseless stu- stupidity of commitment. Remember, uh, remember, and this says, insert lame married friend. Redundant, <laughs> huh? <laughs> and that's it. That's the letter. <laughs> that is a great letter. Uh, I just love that they that they actually give us the letter that he was going to read. I would like to have. I would have loved to have heard what he would have filled in for these things, though. I'm sure Stuart and Claudia probably would have been the married couple. 
Probably, yeah. Remember Stuart and Claudia? Yeah. But like child's toy, large auto part, and picnic condiment. Like, Oh, my God. That whole thing would have been hysterical. <laughs> that would have been really good. That is a good Barney's blog, though. Yeah, so yeah, that that folks, that is Barney's blog for this uh, this week. Wow, you yeah, good that stuff. Means, that means what does we've that mean? officially wrapped up a return episode again. Yes, we have. That uh, that is season four, episode four, intervention. Uh, John, if you don't have any uh, final thoughts, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can find you? Listen, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna start keeping it short and sweet. I'm on X. <clears throat> I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You want to find me? I'm not a hard person to find. It's pretty simple. Yeah, there you go. You can find me on Twitter slash X at Movie Blog Merc. Uh, that is the uh, page for my site, Merc with a Movie Blog. Uh, speaking of my site, Merc with a Movie Blog, I am covering some film festivals right now. I have put up a few new uh, movie reviews, so check those out uh, if you have the uh, inclination. MercWithMovieBlog.com. Check those out. Uh, also, uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, you are watching this on the Merc with a Movie Blog YouTube channel, so be sure to hit that like button, smash that subscribe button and click that little bell wherever the fuck it is man and that's if remember if you're using your mobile device yeah. not only can you uh, click that little bell but you can set notifications to let you know when we drop new content or when josh drops any of his trailer reviews or any other reviews or his film festivals jamborees or maybe mm-hmm. he's just being funny on camera maybe he's just doing some stick maybe 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 i'll uh maybe i'll do some shorts or something i don't know where's some shorts at least <laughs> i'll hey man if i'm gonna if i don't rock a speedo on a on a youtube short i'll do what i want listen if you want to <laughs> see josh rock a speedo we recorded an episode of last call at mclaren's is hit this... us up on our patreon john is this before or after i have to bleach my asshole because <laughs> that was the thing too <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, you can uh, also uh, if you're listening listening to us on podcast form, you can check us out on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, all those places. Uh, obviously, uh, Anchor, or what used to be called Anchor, is now called Spotify for Podcasters. Uh, so you can check us out on all those. Um, be sure to uh, you know leave us a review if you are enjoying what you're seeing. Five stars, and we'll read it out on air. Um, I honestly, I have to check. I'm not 100% sure if they still do the voice messages uh, over on, on formerly known as Anchor anymore. Uh, since they switched over, I'll have to double check to see if they even still do those. But if they do, leave us a voice message over there. Love to hear your beautiful voices. Uh, also, check us out on Instagram and uh, Twitter slash X at last call H-I-M-Y-M. That is uh, all that good stuff for uh, what we do here on Last Call. Obviously, Patreon, uh, pa- patreon.com slash last call, H I M Y M. And uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's about all I got for, man. I don't know if I'm missing anything. It's been a while. So I hope that I got everything in there. So uh, you if, forgot uh, Movie Magazine. Movie Magazine. You know, we have a spread, full spread eagle in there. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I went full spread eagle, known as Mike Honcho. Mike Honcho. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's all I got for him, man. What do you got for him? Listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't listen here. All right, catch you guys next time. <laughs>